Hello and welcome to Harbour Voices, a series of true story podcasts showcasing and celebrating the lives of people. We'll be digging deep into life and lives around the harbour area of Aberdeen. We'll be giving voice to some of the many stories of harbour life and those who live and work in and around its waters. I'm Lucy Stroud and today we're talking to Andy Haynes from the RNLI. I am a volunteer for the RNLI in Aberdeen. The RNLI is a charity with the, the sole mission of uh, kind of saving lives at sea. We in Aberdeen are, are a band of maybe 20, 23 kind of dedicated volunteers that uh, will look to perform kind of search and rescue activities uh, under direction of the Coast Guard. I've grown up as a, as a country kid, so been, been nowhere near water at all. As I got into my teens, I, I started kind of swimming, diving, kind of surfing, the, these kind of activities in the water. I'm a, a volunteer. We, we are uh, predominantly volunteers with only one uh, full-time person who is employed by the RNLI. So we, we all have our, our own day jobs and our own kind of lives out with uh, the, the RNLI. I'm just a, a, a kind of a crew member where we're kind of trained various kind of roles on the deck of the boat for launch, recovery, uh, search and rescue kind of techniques, uh, assisting any kind of casualties, whether that be uh, a person, a vessel, um, uh, anybody in distress. Where I've recently been studying to pass out as one of the inshore lifeboat helms, which is, um, I guess, being in command of the, the small inshore lifeboat and, and taking that to sea, making sure that it launches uh, safely, conducted um, its I guess exercise, which is a big part of it, or search and rescue activity up until recovery of that lifeboat really. So quite an interesting and, and, and varied role. How many how many hours a week would you say, or is it a weekly thing or monthly, or how is it just um, when it happens? How how would you describe that? To quantify because um, we try and keep up our skills to avoid any kind of like skill fade. So we put in a lot of exercising time. We have kind of two days a week that we'll exercise for probably about two to three hours. So we exercise on a Monday night after work, usually at about six till nine o'clock at night. And then we'll do that again on a Saturday morning, kind of 10 till 12, 10 to one, something like that. Yeah, that's amazing. And hats off to you to, to give up your time like that as well, to really help support what I'm hearing from you, the community, the community energy is really important as well. You're, you're part of a team. And I think that's something a lot of us um, are looking for. So how long have you actually been volunteering for them? Um, I think we're about the six year mark now, which kind of surprises me, um, you know, every time I kind of think about it, uh, the, the pandemic's had a big kind of play on that. We seem to have lost kind of two years kind of evaporated. Um, the, the lifeboat was still busy kind of during that, that period, might I say. I think it kind of comes from those who kind of volunteer generally kind of have something to, to give. And, and I believe kind of firmly that everybody has something to give. And so I think I went down for a trial day uh, just to see what, what working on a boat would be would be like. And, and yeah, it gets under your skin. The, the, the kind of the family of, of volunteers are, are such a selfless community of kind of like big hearted kind of people that quickly become your friends. And it, before you know it, it's, um, it, it, it's just what you do. I live down at uh, Fitty 
um, and, and kind of living at, at Fitty, uh, you kind of get to see the harbour through um, through through all the year, really, from land and, and working through the Arnalai. You see it from the kind of the seaside aspect. So, um, yeah, for the past six years or so now, um, my personal time has been spent in, in all manners around the harbour, the the sea itself, um, whether it be swimming, etc. Do you feel like you're part of a community living right on the beach with, you know, right next to where you, you might be called upon to, to volunteer? Is there a um, nice feeling around the harbour? Is that yeah, what you're trying to Yeah, I think there is a nice feeling down at the harbour. The, the harbour is kind of a bit of a close-knit community. So you you get to know, especially kind of living in Fitty, um, you know, there's a lot of people who have been in Fitty for a long time now who've got such a big affinity with the lifeboat and the lifeboat service and the harbour itself, the shipping, the fishing. Everybody's connected in, in kind of some way. There's traditionally been one or more people in Fitty that have crewed the lifeboat uh, as well. And, and I think that's quite nice to almost kind of continue that kind of local tradition. We, we have cars now, uh, other forms of public transport, which can get you down to the station, which allows us to live that little bit further away. But there's something quite nice um, kind of being in Fitty and, and kind of being able to to run to the lifeboat if, if need be and, and, and get on it and, and do what you need to do. You know, it's been nice to see over the lockdown, the, the kind of people's affinity to the sea again. People are starting to swim in, uh, people are starting to surf, to paddleboard, to, to get back in it. It's one of Aberdeen's kind of greatest assets. We've got an incredible beach, which is not um, kind of overcome with with too many people it, it it's beautiful um, and we can make the use of it through all the seasons of the year yeah and so do you have a favorite harbor story does any instances or stories pop to mind when you think about your time at the rnli yeah storm arwen was was the last one so november kind of 2021 uh we had you know a incredibly strong gales gusting up and down the country up to maybe 90 miles an hour just at especially battering our city and the coastline it, it was quite quite uh, you know a, a crazy couple of days at about 11 in the evening the the lifeboat pagers went off and i remember feeling quite kind of apprehensive as i'm making my way down to the to the station that that knowing a, a launch that evening would have come with with some challenges for sure uh so we arrived at the the, the station and and i could see the big boats, the platform supply vessels down at the harbour were kind of extra braced with mooring lines to kind of keep them alongside. Um, and even some of the, the largest vessels that come in had uh, some of the tugboats uh, at full power kind of pinning them to the quayside to, to stop them breaking loose under, under such wind. Really surreal to kind of feel that power in a place that's normally kind of so sheltered. Um, but as we, we launched the boat that night, I could remember looking out uh, across Telford Dock um, to, to the channel and, and all I could see was kind of a thick white field, almost like a rolled out carpet that was kind of moving with the motion of the water. And I didn't understand what it was when I first looked at it. I guess your adrenaline's kind of going off. But as I kind of focused more on it, and, and it was the seagulls, it was thousands and thousands of like tightly packed seagulls huddling together, um, I, I guess just to take shelter 
in the harbour and kind of wait out the storm. And, and as we kind of passed in the boat, they would they would kind of take flight and then resume their kind of position again. So, I mean, it's not it's not really a story of gallantry or anything like that, but it, but it's something really unusual to see, and it, it's kind of stuck with me. And kind of a, a great reminder that the, the harbour is kind of a, a safe place for all, not just kind of boats and people that, that we kind of think just just a really surreal, surreal kind of moment to, to kind of see that so, so kind of late at night and under kind of such weather. And I know you get trained, but you're also putting yourself out in a dangerous situation. Like, you know, you're potentially risking your own life. You know, I mean, that takes courage. And I know the training helps, but I mean, it must be, does it ever cross your mind? It's not, it's not so easy to be in some of the rougher seas. It takes kind of a, a, a toll on the, the body. When we launch the boat, um, the reality can sometimes kind of sink in um, that, that that was maybe quite hairy at the time when you've, you've gone out. What would you like to see happen in the future of the harbour? Do you have any thoughts on personal reflections or where you'd like the opportunities to be? The harbour's been around for many, many, many years and, and it will remain for, for many years. Of that, I'm confident. I'd say ultimately, that that's the kind of connection. It It's the people, it's the beating heart of Aberdeen is is the harbour for, for me and the people that live down at the harbour. Uh, I'd like to see the, the harbour to be supported by, again, the people that live around it uh, for many years to come. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Andy. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day and the potential for being called out to volunteer. This podcast has been produced by Open Road, a company that champions true life stories and histories. Harbour Voices has been supported by the Year of Scottish Stories 2022 Community Stories Fund. This fund has been delivered in partnership between Visit Scotland and Museums Gallery Scotland with support from the National Lottery Heritage Fund. It's also been supported by Creative Scotland's Culture Collective Fund. Thank you to all our funders. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share and spread the word.